Are you an ISA or agent struggling to convert your valuable leads? Or are you a team leader looking for advanced scripting and dialogue training for your team? Smart Inside Sales Conversion University is the industry-leading training program designed to give you the ninja-level scripting and objection handlers used by top teams across the country. Conversion U covers scripting, dialogue, objection handling, and closing skills needed to elevate your business through self-paced video training and live interactive expert coaching. Visit smartinsidesales.com slash conversion you to start today. Cash call back again for another week. I'm Dale Archdeacon and I'm missing my co-host Brian Curtis. Brian Curtis is on vacation. So in lieu of Brian Curtis, you all have a treat. And I brought in this beautiful woman who is my wife, Carmel Archdeacon, of a very long time. I don't even remember how long at this point, right? We've, we've forgotten our origin story, but it's been so <laughs> long that we've been together and married. Uh, but I wanted to bring Carmel on today to be my co-host here. Carmel sells luxury real estate in Philadelphia. She's been selling real estate for a really long time, and I thought she'd be a great uh, addition to Cash Call so that we can pick her brain, give you guys some feedback on having conversations with luxury people. And then I have one call that I'm gonna play for you guys today, which has an amazing close. And when I say an amazing close, the lead closed out the salesperson in an amazing way. So I want you guys to hear this stuff. Um, Michael Foster, looks like you overmarried, Dale. Yes, I did overmarry. Listen, I outkicked my coverage, as they say, or whatever. Right, Carmel? Yes, Carmel, they, they love you. And uh, so, Carmel, I've introduced you. Why don't you tell us how long you've been selling real estate? And we'll get into some more questions. So I've been selling real estate for about 16 years, um, started in Center City um, and primarily focus on Center City, a little bit of the suburbs, um, and I love real estate. So, Excellent. Yeah. That's fantastic. And so, Carmel, obviously, you know, we wanted to talk about luxury conversations because you do sell a lot of luxury. And let me just qualify this for everybody listening. Luxury can mean different things in different markets, right? So in Philadelphia, Carmel, where would you say the luxury range is price-wise? I mean, everybody has a loose interpretation, but I would say really 1.25 and up, I would consider luxury. Okay. 1.25 million and up, right? And so, you know, if you're in certain markets of the country, maybe luxury is like 10 million, 20 million, you know, in certain parts of the country, maybe luxury is 750,000. But I think that what, what we're saying is that wherever you're at, whatever market you're in, it would be sort of the top end of the pricing really is kind of the luxury that we're looking at, right? Those are the most wealthiest people, the people that have a lot more expendable income, have a lot more experience in real estate, have a lot more assets. Um, and so, Carmel, have you seen when you're talking to people uh, purchasing or selling in the luxury end, have you seen any difference in the in, you know, the interaction or skill set needed in order to to work with them? Absolutely. Um, you know, I think I have a few things that I, you know, want to say about that. So I think it, and it kind of does apply to most price points, but a little bit more so in the luxury uh, sector, you know, building a rapport, building a, a rapport with people, um, especially the luxury market, because they have a lot of people that they could work with. Um, I'm sure they have tons of friends that have real estate agents that they've worked with, family members um, that are, you know, recommended to them. Um, so build rapport, um, kind of meet them where they are. Um, show your va value, show your knowledge of the market, you know, 
This is not their first time buying a property, most likely. Um, they've been through it before. And it might have been, you know, decades ago. Maybe they're, you know, they've lived in their home for 30 years and now they're downsizing and and they haven't done it in so long. And so they forget or that it was totally different back then. So, you know, build your build your rapport, show your knowledge, um, um, you know, talk to them about the market, what's going on, what how it might be different than they did it before. Um, and then also, you know, I find that luxury, the people that I work with, um, maybe they're looking for a, a condominium and they don't really know much about, you know, the various buildings. And so being knowledgeable about the buildings that they might be looking for or looking at or thinking about what could this person or this client or this couple want and suggesting other buildings or suggesting other neighborhoods. They really like to hear what you can bring to the table as far as, um, you know, I'm hearing your story and I'm thinking, okay, I, this building sounds perfect for you. You might not know about it. Let me, let me talk to you. Let, let's take a tour. Let me introduce it to you. Let me suggest it to you. I love that. Um, you know, learning things about various buildings that might appeal to them that they might not know about. And then, you know, the final thing is kind of don't push them. Um, be available when they're available. I know it's kind of not the best thing, but, you know, these people might have different schedules and or they might, you know, be really, uh, you know, last minute. And unfortunately, we have to be flexible. So, you know, don't push them because they do have an agenda. But at the same time, they might want to work with you right away or they might want to see a place with last minute notice and you got to figure it out. Um, but yeah. So I'm curious, like when it comes to conversating with them, how is, how can it, how does it differ from people who you said they have a lot of experience or they have a lot of contacts, right? How does that impact the way that they communicate with you and the way that you need to communicate with them in order to either secure them as a client or to, you know, if need be, uh, help them, um, help them discover <laughs> that their perspective or their, you know, their perception might not be accurate, right? Like around pricing or timing or offers or, you know, either submitting offers or receiving offers. Like, is there a difference in that communication and how does their experience and knowledge and network impact what you have to do and how you do it? Yeah. I mean, you don't want to be, it's hard. There's a fine line. There's a fine balance. You don't want to kind of dictate but you also want to, you know, listen to them uh, and ex express to them, okay, well, you know, maybe this was your experience in the past, but I want to tell you from, you know, I work in this market every single day. I work with clients, you know, in this price range, and this is this is how it is right now. I know it might not be what you want to hear, but unfortunately, this is this is how it is. Um, or, you know, just explain to them. So you have to be really knowledgeable and use social proof, it sounds like. Yeah, I mean, kind of. I mean, it does apply to most price points, but at the same time, you know, this luxury high-end market, there's a lot of people sharing their experiences with them and maybe, you know, they've heard it differently or, or it's different in this part of the country. And, you know, my, my friend just bought a place in New York or California and that's not how it is. And it's like, well... Pennsylvania is a little different, you know, Philadelphia is different than Montgomery County. So, you know, it's, it's totally different, you know, and, and, and 
we have things that they might not be aware of. And so, you know, you don't want to sound like you know everything, but at the same time, you do want to show that you are the authority. You do know what you're talking about and you have to build trust. Mm -hmm. Got it. And I guess you just do that by, you know, showcasing your knowledge, which is what you said. Yeah. I, like I said, I think that, you know, when they, they come to me with what they think they want or what they, they, they want. And when you give them something that they weren't asking for, or you suggest something as an alternative, that's really impressive. I find, you know, that, that, oh, wow. You know, you, you were thinking that, you know, this might be the area or this might be the building, but here's also another option. Let's, let's, let's consider it. Let's talk about other things and, you know, really just showcase that you are, you know, you're on the same page with them, you know what they're looking for, and you're going to go to bat with trying to find them the best possible home, best possible neighborhood, best deal, you know, best option. Yeah. So I'm wondering about negotiation too. I want to see if you have any, any suggestions around that because, you know, spoiler alert, she is my wife. And so I get to hear some of the gory details of, you know, her transactions. Um, was it last year? I think you sold a $3 million property. Um, yes. or this year. Yeah. So last year you sold a $3 million pro property, uh, with some emotional buyers, right? So you represented the buyers. They were emotional when it came to negotiations. And so what kind of advice do you have for people here where you've got high net worth individuals who tend to be a bit emotional? Um, and, you know, what advice do you have for everybody listening about how you interact with them and how you shepherd them through this stuff? Yeah, so that's a tough one. Um, you know, you try, you as the agent have to be the calm one. You have to be the one that centers them, that grounds them. If you show emotion and you get on that train, it's going to stop. Like the, the, the transaction is going to fall through. This is not the way you want to handle it. So you have to be the one that neutralizes everything. You know, you go to them very calmly with the facts, with comps, with knowledge, with data, um, with, you know, a solution. This is what we can do. And if we don't do this, then this is, you know, what might happen. And, you know, you just don't let it get out of control. You, you be in control. You're the agent. You're, you know, they hired you. This is what they hired you for. And there will be emotions. That's, that's why you're there. You know, you're there to control it and make sure that they don't get in their own way. Cause that can happen. And so, you have to, <laughs> you so have to get it to the closing table. Yeah. So last year, when those buyers got out of control, you attempted a, you attempted containment. It didn't happen. Stuff was out of control. What did you do then? That's the <laughs> advice these people also want to know. What do you do once it goes out of con when you are when you're in the middle of a spin out on the highway, right? With these people, what do you do? You go to bat for your client, and you try to do what you can. You go to bat when when you when you've done all you can with talking your client off the ledge, and they still won't do it. Then you go to the co-op and you say, "Listen, this is where we're at, and we need to figure it out. And we work together. We get through this. We're going to get to settlement, um, and things will work. You know, like we have to we have to." make it work. And, you know, we have to communicate and we have to be in very good communication with our co-op and we have to be very 
low emotion with the co-op as well. We don't throw our client under the bus. We never do that. We, you know, we go to bat for them and that's what we did, you know, and, and it worked and we had some very unrealistic requests and um, we closed and we did not give up our commission. There you go. Yes. Yes. Um, I think that was, I guess that was part, was that part of it where somebody who was, who was trying to throw the commission in? Was it this, the client or was it your client, their client? I think it was their, it was the seller's client, right? They wanted to close. What was the situation? Um, we, it was like new construction and we, we weren't going to close our on time. And I think they wanted, they wanted uh, money to, to compensation to, to extend their lease or live temporarily somewhere or something like that. And, um, you know, we just couldn't, no, we couldn't do it. You know, sometimes you have to tell these people no. And they may not be used to hearing it. But they, may not, they may not, they usually aren't used to hearing it, but you know, you know, you tell them, listen, I tried, I tried every angle. Unfortunately, this is where we're at. You don't want to lose the house. This is your house. You custom built this house. This is what you wanted. This yeah. is a very, very tiny bump in the road. You know, after closing, you're not even going to remember this. This is nothing. You yeah. know, you just have to, you have to put it into perspective. Yes, this is high energy. You're emotional about this right now, but in two weeks, you know, you're going to be decorating this amazing home. You're going to be, you know, drinking your coffee on the patio. Like, let's keep it, keep it moving. So you're future pacing them. I like it. Yeah. Exactly. Excellent. All right. So what are some of the good things about communicating with luxury clients that is a benefit or is an advantage over, uh, you know, non-luxury clients? I appreciate that they know that they know what they want um, and that, you know, we're not kind of just shopping blindly. Um, they do have experience, um, you know, so a lot of times, you know, the, the financing is pretty easy. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of, I genuinely, like I work with a lot of empty nesters. So I feel like I've, you know, I've kind of, not that I'm an empty nester, but I feel like I understand where they're coming from. And, you know, they've gotten to this point in their lives where, you know, they want to downsize. And I really enjoy that type of client. Mm -hmm. Um, that's great. What are some disadvantages to communicating with and working with luxury people? Well, this is... And we won't show this to any of your clients, don't worry. <laughs> the, the disadvantage is sometimes they don't want to fill out the BFI. <laughs> you know, they're like, I don't want to show all my money. Or, you know, or they don't want to get pre-approved because, oh, yeah, that's fine. You know, I can get a pre-approval in like five seconds. I'll call my banker up, you know, like... <laughs> those things <laughs> you're like well sometimes we have to show this information if we're going to go look at a three million dollar home or two million dollar home they don't want you know people coming in that are unqualified so we do have to show that a little bit you know sometimes we have to we have to play by the rules yeah that makes sense okay great um so if anybody has any questions for carmel please chat them in um and uh carmel i think that uh, that's some great information for people you know, listening here, um, 
I know there are definitely some people here in the audience who work with luxury people. So if you have any issues, questions, what ifs, uh, scenarios, or things that you want to know about, please chat them in. Otherwise, I have a call that I want to play since this is cash call. So I'll play this call and Carmel and I can comment on it. And uh, this is a, this one is, I want you guys to listen to this, man, because this is tough. And I pulled it for this call today or this cash call episode today in talking about luxury because we're going to hear an educated lead, an experienced educated lead who basically shuts the salesperson down. So let's listen to it over here. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to share my screen and you give me thumbs up when you can hear it. Okay, Carmel? Uh, let's go share the screen here. Here we go. All right. Um, hey, uh, just want to keep it brief. The reason I'm calling is because I noticed you came on my site and viewed some uh, properties in the San Diego area. Uh, it looks like mainly kind of downtown San Diego on Front Street. I just wanted to give you a call. Were you looking to make a move or were you just kind of browsing? All right. So this agent obviously is training with us. He's using great scripting. This is an internet lead who's registered on the website. And we'll hear what this lead has to say. I'm kind of browsing. Yeah. We actually live in Florida currently and we actually own a house in San Diego. And um, we may make a move in another couple of years, but uh, right now we're going to sit tight. But I want to say I do appreciate you reaching out, and uh, it's nice to talk to you, and I hope that uh, someday we might be able to do business. Now, that so the guy just shut him down, right? We own a home in Florida. We own a home in San Diego. We may be making a move in the next few years. It's really vague. We have no idea what this guy is going to be doing or why he's even looking at properties on our website, right? But you hear how professionally he just shut this salesperson down, right? He basically was like, I don't have any business here. Great talking to you. Maybe we'll do business in the future. Thanks for calling. Yeah. Now, let's listen to what the salesperson does and what happens next. Yeah, possibly, possibly. So when you say you own, do you are you renting that place uh, or do you like come down on vacation? Uh, from no. We, we so the agent did a good job trying to get a question in there, right? He didn't take that first go okay. away. What's that, Carmel? Probing, yeah, I like it. Probing, yeah. All right, so now let's listen. We've got that covered. We're in good shape. We've got that covered. We're in good shape. Totally evasive, right? But I want to. Okay. I'm in. I'm in the middle of something, so I really can't spend a lot of time on the phone. But I really appreciate you reaching out, and we'll just keep your uh, phone number in our uh, file here and see what we can do in the future. That's the second shutdown, right? Okay. So let's hear what the agent does, and then I want to let's talk about some some advice on a better way to handle this, right? Let's listen to what the agent does. Sure, Bob. Sure. Is it is it okay if I give you a call maybe uh, sometime next month to talk a little bit more? No, because we're our our window is about a year and a half or two years out, so I don't want to waste your time. Okay. Okay. I want to be okay. upfront with you about this. I appreciate that. Okay. So you hear what happened, right? The agent made kind of a an empty request to call him next month or something or next week to to talk more. What are we going to talk about, right? This lead, this lead is already really intelligent and articulate and really skilled and professional at dusting off a salesperson. So here's my suggestion is that if you get you know, I think that agent did a good job on that first blow off. I'd say if you get a second blow off by somebody like that, then just do more of like a get real. Okay. And instead of saying, oh, Carmel, is it okay if I give you a call next week to talk more? 
if I said, let's say you blew me off once, I try to do a discovery question like this agent did. So are you renting that property or you guys use it for vacation? You blow me off professionally again. I could say, hey, listen, I hear that you probably don't want to talk to a strange salesperson and you're probably not doing anything for a while. I, you know what? I would be a terrible salesperson if I didn't follow up with you in the future, but I just want to understand, are you planning on buying or selling here in San Diego in the future, right? I just want to do a get real. You, it sounds like you don't want to talk to a salesperson. I totally get it. You're not doing something in the near future. I just want to get down to kind of the, which category can I put you in? And I even used a, hey, I'd be a terrible salesperson if I didn't follow up with you, but you know, I don't want to be bothering you. So are you planning on buying or selling in the future here, right? What do you think? What do you think about that, Carmel? Yeah, I, I think so. What about, could you say, <clears throat> if I come across something that is really suits your needs, would you want to hear about it? Or can I set you up on a search just, just so that you can see how the market is going over the next year and a half? Would you say something like that? I think that I would put that maybe at the end. I would want a direct question about, you know, I'd want to excuse myself and make a, an explanation for why I'm asking these things or why I'm not getting off your call, even though you've professionally closed me to get off your phone twice. Um, so I'd want to leave it a simple question, which excuses it, explains it, but wants to know, are you buying or selling? And then I would use what you suggested at the end for like a logical next step, right? If, if I see something that looks like a great deal, can I send it your way? Yes. Fantastic. Now I'm going to confirm the, con uh, the, uh, I'm going to confirm the uh, contact information that I have for you. And that will be sort of our logical next step, right? Hey, you know what? I'm going to take a look and see if I can find some things that fit your, your criteria. I'll send those over to you or something like that. Okay. Cool. I can hear our dog barking in the background. What's I know, I'm trying to mute it. And then like, to, like, <laughs> I feel bad. I'm sorry. What is she freaking out about? What's going on out there? She wants to come inside. Oh, <laughs> that's funny. I thought she wanted to be outside with you. So I put her outside. Great. Yep. All right. Well, uh, so that's what I would do there. But, you know, listening to somebody, obviously, this guy's pretty professional and able to get out of a conversation with a, a salesperson. And that happens to us a lot. And so, I, you know, the using the get real uh type of mentality, which is, hey, listen, I know you don't want to talk to a salesperson or I know that I called you out of the blue. You have no idea who I am. And, you know, I generally don't want to talk to a salesperson either. <laughs> Linda Bush said, rather than refer to yourself as a salesperson, would you call yourself an agent instead? Linda, I think you could say agent if you wanted to. You could say salesperson. But, you know, don't be afraid of calling yourself a salesperson, everybody. Every single consumer that you talk to considers you a salesperson, right? If I went down to the car lot and I was like, oh, hey, you know, I'm just taking a look. I don't know if I'm going to, I'm not really going to be buying a car today. If that salesperson was like, oh, well, I'm not a salesperson. I'm a consult. I'm a, I'm an automobile consultant. I'd be like, bro, you're a salesperson. Okay. And I'm not ready to talk to a salesperson. Let's just not BS each other. And so you can just call it out like that. When you call things out for people, when you name their emotions or when you expose, when you articulate what they're thinking, when you articulate their emotions, they go along with you and it builds more rapport with them, right? So if I said to you, Carmel, you know, 
Yeah, listen, I, I know you're not ready to talk to a salesperson and you, you don't even know who I am. I called you out of the blue, right? You're like, yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm not ready to talk to a salesperson. I like you a little bit better, other human being who just named yeah. those things for me, right? Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, I the real you, the, the most real you can be, then I'm going to relate to you. And if you just, you know, I don't know. I, I, that's way more important, I yeah. think. To, How about to this? I'm, I'm going to pontificate. Go open the door for the dog. <laughs> All the right. Dog hold on one second. Come back. I will talk more about this. So do we have any questions for Carmel, everybody? Talking about luxury, talking about what ifs. Even like negotiation stuff, if you guys have any of that, please chat in, let me know uh, while we have her. Um, and I just wanted to give you guys a heads up. Next week, we're going to be interviewing Mike Cuevas, uh, who has a fantastic marketing business. He's a really awesome guy, super intelligent guy, does a lot of marketing with video and helping agents establish markets for themselves and, uh, and generate business. Are we good? We are good. Okay. You might hear it on your end, though. I don't know. <laughs> uh, dogs yeah let's get let's get dogs work no. from home work from home isn't it fantastic i dude i'm i we've already my wife and i've already talked about it i'm gonna i'm looking for office space i'm like i can't <laughs> do it anymore i love i love being at home it's fantastic but i just you know there's so many things that you can't plan for yeah um so carmel I asked everybody if they had any other objections or anything that they run into let me ask you real quick Working in luxury, what are some of the big objections that you run into? I You yes. talked about the BFI. You talked about getting financing, right? Any other big objections that you run into? Um, for sellers, for sure. Commission objection, yeah. Um, I just saw somebody uh, posted that. So, you know... Um, you know, my home, I'm going to be listing it for, you know, two and a half million dollars, 6%. That's, you know, that's, that's too much. I don't want to pay that. Or doesn't the buyer pay part of their commission? We've heard that too. And, you know, that might be somewhere else, but that is not how we do it here in, in PA in Philadelphia. Um, and, you know, this is a two and a half million dollar home that we're going to be selling. It's going to take a lot more effort, time, marketing to, to sell this property and you want the best team on your side. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to put put together a full marketing plan. We're going to do X, Y, and Z. And you want all of that. You want to be represented in the highest uh, capacity. Uh, you want to be seen in the best possible light. We're going to do that for you. So this is what we've charged. That's it. Yeah. And then you wait. We have a... You don't oversell. You wait and you listen to their objection. Nice. Their next, their next objection, because sometimes you can oversell it. You just stop. Very confident. That's it. That's great. Yeah. And uh, I think you have one of the best mentors uh, in selling luxury real estate, which would be Mike McCann, uh, right? The real estate man. Mike McCann, the real estate man. Awesome guy. Uh, Lori Harris asked, what about when they say, I will buy from whoever brings it, it to me, right? Brings the property to me. Um, what, what, so I, I know personally that you and I have sold people who said that because we rent, went out and found what they were looking for and that nobody had access to, right? right? 
But then there are also times where you have a conversation with them and you're, and, uh, you, you say, you know, you're, you're not going to put in that work for them if they're not willing to work with you. Right. So why don't you talk about the two different sides of that? And somebody says, you know what, I'm going to buy from whoever yeah. brings me the property. So in that manner, you can talk about how, you know, no, if you're not working with an agent exclusively, they have no allegiance to you. They're going to go and sell that property to somebody else who is working with them. And you're going to lose out on a lot of opportunity. Right. So that that's what I would say to that person. Um, the one that. As far as, you know, when you're selling to a. Say that again. <laughs> I lost my cold train of thought. It's okay. I think I think I have the answer that you were wor working to put together. You are constantly looking for properties to sell. You're constantly looking for things to match people up with, right? Yes. Yeah. And so on one hand, you say to the person, hey, you're going to miss out on a lot of stuff if you're not willing to work directly with me. You know, I work, I go to bat for my clients. I find properties for them. It sounds like for those people who hold out and they're like, nope, uh, you got to bring me the property. You're always working on that anyway. Right. And, you know, a lot of these properties, too, are not always in MLS. They're not always advertised. I have to go and find them. I have to go find off-market properties. And if you, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Luxury Seller want to work with me, I will go and find that property for you. So you want to work with an, a seasoned agent who has connections with, you know, tons of agents in our market. I know what agents might have these properties coming up. I'm going to be in front of them. I'm going to go find this property for you. And if you don't have me working for you, you will lose that opportunity. You don't want to lose that opportunity. You know, you're looking for something that is special and I'm going to go find that for you. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, we have a question here by Neil O'Rourke. How do I soften my approach when telling someone I sell real estate? Usually met with the, oh, you're a used car salesman. He apparently, Neil gets that. Do you, does anybody ever regard you like that? I mean, occasionally you have, you know, jerks who are uh, rude or dismissive, but um, not really. I, I Do you experience that much? And if you, you know, if you do, what does that tell you if someone reacts to you in that way? So like making light of the fact that you're a real estate agent? Uh, well, what I see the answer here or what the chat here is from Neil is how do I soften approach when telling someone I sell real estate? I think he usually he's saying that sometimes people respond to him as though he is a used car salesperson. Right. So not being uh, sort of being disrespectful of him. Right. Or dis disregarding him. Yeah, I mean, I think you can you can explain that you know, what you do is really important. I, I find homes for people and I go out and find the right home for that person. And what I do is, is, you know, it, it takes a lot of skill and a lot of getting to know the client. What I do is I, I would promote what you do. Yeah. I'm, I'm a real estate agent. I, this is my job. And I spend all day doing this and I don't, you know, I think, you know, as I was, th as I was listening to you talk, I think that what, Here's what I think happens a lot is if you have no relationship with someone, if you have no rapport built with someone and they don't know you or like you as a person to begin with, and you just introduce yourself as a real estate agent, that's when it's like you're a car salesperson, 
right? That's like when you're just a tacky salesperson. So I think that that, you know, it's, you don't, you don't walk around with your realtor name tag on, you know what I mean? Like a lot of crappy, you know, coaching programs will suggest to you, like, you know, sitting around with your realtor badge on or wearing your gold coat around, you know, you know, you operate in, in the world as a, as a person first and getting to know people and making relationships with people. And then, you know, when they want to know what you do or when you work it into a conversation, you sell real estate, right? You're, you're a real estate agent. That's, I think that if you make it secondary to finding people and building relationships with them, it makes you less like a car salesman. And sorry, my car salespeople, I love car. I love car sales as, a, as an institution. I don't necessarily like dealing with car sales people, but uh, I totally respect what they do. Absolutely. Excellent. All right. So uh, let's see. Uh, oh, uh, Neil wrote, I always try to add value. Just curious of your approach. Got it. Yeah, uh, Neil, I'd say that Carmel and I would say get to know the people first before you start talking about real estate. And if somebody is, is sort of dismissive of you, um, then really don't try to defend yourself or explain anything. Just go with questions. Got it. So what do you do for a living? How long have you been doing that? Why do you do that? Right. And how did you get into that? So just talk about them. When they start, everybody loves to hear their, the sound of their own voice. Certainly not me, right? But uh, most people like to hear the sound of their own voice. You turn it around on them. They're going to build rapport with you because you ask them questions. Like I think it was another episode where Brian and I were talking and, and you know, there's like that, that thing that happens where you could be in a conversation. You ever have that person who dominates conversation, right? You can't get a word in edgewise. They don't ask anything about you. Uh, and at the end of that, they think that you're such a great conversationalist. Like, <laughs> oh, you, know, you really, you really get me. Uh, you're like, I didn't even say anything. I was not yes. part of the conversation. Yes. It's a beautiful trick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, all right, everybody, let's thank Carmel for coming on cash call today and kicking some luxury sales knowledge. Uh, <laughs> yes, she's certainly easier on the eyes than I am, but uh, we have to end for today. Great seeing everybody. Next week, we'll be interviewing Mike Cuevas. You guys should all check that out. And uh, great seeing you. Have a great week. Thank you so much for having me.